This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. German police raided the Frankfurt offices of Deutsche Bank yesterday over allegations of money laundering. Authorities are investigating whether employees of the financial institution helped set off uh, set up offshore companies in tax havens for about 900 customers to launder money from criminal activities. Prosecutors say that this may have involved as much as $354 million. Now, this investigation is apparently connected to the Panama Papers, the 11.5 million financial and legal records uh, anonymously leaked to a German newspaper back in 2015. With more on this story, we're joined here in studio by David Zering, Associate Professor of Business Studies and Legal Ethics here at the Wharton School, and on the phone by uh, Bill Black, who's an Associate Professor of Ethics and Law at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. He's a former white-collar criminologist and author of the book, The Best Way to Rob a Bank is to Own One. David, great having you back. Thank you for coming in. It's great to be here. Bill, as always, great to have you with us. Thank you, but it's uh, economics, not ethics. I, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. economics. My apologies. <laughs> well, in, in any event, the, the book, obviously, that you wrote a few years ago is very important, I think, to this because of the fact that that we are seeing a string of issues here with Deutsche Bank over the last few years. And this one, of course, is uh, is a pretty significant one with the, the, the breadth that seemingly is the case. Yeah, so what I write about in large part is uh, what we call in the criminology biz control fraud, which is when you take a seemingly legitimate entity and the people that control it use it as a weapon to defraud uh, others and commit uh, other predation and crimes. And Deutsche Bank is a classic uh, control fraud. Uh, so it poses as the largest bank uh, in Germany, but it's actually the largest criminal enterprise in Germany, which is something because it has to compete with VW. David? Uh, it is a, an institution that certainly has run into a ton of trouble um, all over the world. It's this big German bank that I think uh, the German people love to complain about as sort of kind of incompetent and uh, uh, and yet, nonetheless, uh, with a huge market-leading share of the German financing market, and it just pays fines all the time. It's paying a $425 million fine in New York for uh, helping Russians move money out of Russia. Uh, the Fed fined uh, Deutsche $41 million for failing to have effective compliance measures in place. The German bank regulators have appointed a monitor for Deutsche Bank to make sure that it's not laundering money and financing terrorism. It's really uh, run into a ton of trouble with a ton of regulators all over the world. 900 instances apparently is the number that's being discussed here, David. And I think for a lot of people, they would say that's a seemingly a, a significantly large number. But when you're talking about an institution like Deutsche Bank, is it really because of all of the, the people that they deal with around the globe on a daily basis? Yeah, it's true. It's important to remember what the denominator is. Um, uh, it's 900 over some huge number of transactions. Um, it is clear that Deutsche Bank has been in, involved in helping clients evade taxes for a number of years. Um, and, you know, sometimes, it, as unappealing as that sometimes it looks, uh, there's nothing illegal about minimizing your tax bill. Um, the question is, 
is whether they were using the Panama Papers to sort of, you know, fraudulently uh, hide money that the tax authorities would have wanted to get. And I, I think, though it's hard to know, that that's what the big, um, uh, you know, search uh, uh, of of the the company's headquarters was about uh, this time. Um, so that's the latest trouble. Bill? Yeah, to build on that, uh, simply listing uh, the number of times it's been fined in the last 12 years would take our entire program. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Uh, and so the, when you get to the denominator, the discussion is quite correct, but uh, you have to uh, take it from the perspective of the regulator and enforcement entity. And ha- having been in that position, uh, they're just, you know, Deutsche Bank has used up all of its second third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. And so uh, what they're going in, and they didn't just go into Frankfurt, they went into six other offices uh, with a total apparently of 180 law enforcement personnel, uh, is uh, Deutsche Bank promised that this had been cleaned up. And they believe they have evidence that Deutsche Bank didn't, in fact, clean it up, and that its enforcement head, whose uh, head will shortly be on a pike, um, this is like the seventh time she's promised uh, that it would be cleaned up. So uh, I think that's the uh, circumstances that they've just fed up with this organization. And and I I find it interesting, Bill, that you mentioned Volkswagen a little bit ago, uh, is the fact that the German officials seemingly don't have any concern with bringing the leadership of these companies really to task on the issues that that they end up having to answer for. We mentioned Volkswagen and and some of the leadership... uh, Really, uh, you know, facing legal challenges with uh, with what happened with that automaker. Now you're talking about Deutsche Bank. It's certainly a little bit of a, well, not a little. It is quite a bit different than what we see here in the United States. Yeah, and uh, this it's particularly interesting for academics because they have a very different board system, and there are debates back and forth in the academic literature about which one is superior. But here you have the same chairman of the board. Uh, who has, you know, uh, decapitated a number of CEOs, always blaming them. But the tone at the top presumably starts with him. Uh, And in addition to all these frauds, as my colleagues mentioned, it's just a terrible bank. Yeah, yeah. It it loses money uh, in grand circumstances. It's got half the profits, even when it does make profits, of its peers. It is the secret story in Basel, uh, which is the international capital standard, why the Germans have uh, delayed for years any Basel III uh, significant increase in capital because they know Deutsche Bank would fail. Uh, its stock price is tanked. Its bonds are being downgraded. Yeah. Uh, and most people think it's in a death spiral. It, but, I mean, what kind of penalties do you think we're talking about here? I mean, Desperado would suggest that, that Deutsche Bank may be uh, out of business sometime in the next years, but it does have such an uh, you know, incredible level of, of influence on banking institutions around the globe. It does, but in a really pernicious way. We, uh, yeah. we call this in economics uh, and in criminology aggression's dynamic. Uh, in which uh, competitive forces, if they benefit cheaters, um, can turn market forces perverse, and you can drive good ethics out of the marketplace and profession. Now, here, 
uh, it's being run for the benefit of the managers. This is what you have to understand about Deutsche Bank. Uh, and this is Warren Buffett's overall critique of finance. This is an industry run for the benefit of the employees, not for the benefit of the shareholders. So it's not good for anybody. And Deutsche Bank either needs to be under completely new management, where you have to rip out the entire top leadership, or it needs to be merged. David? And it's also the kind of thing that's hard for a country that, uh, on the one hand, uh, as I said, complains about its, um, you know, leading bank so virulently and so frequently, and then sees it getting into so much trouble, and yet uh, there's always a, there's a sense that Deutsche is also a national champion, um, the kind of institution that's hard to turn away from, uh, something that's been associated with German growth and commerce for literally over a century, um, and so. Uh, you know, it's a it's a difficult, and as as Bill was saying, you know, that's one reason why German regulators, while being exasperated with Deutsche Bank, are sort of trying to protect it when it comes to international agreements like the the Basel Committee. Um, uh, you know, what can it do? Well, um, it's beginning. It looks like it's getting out of investment banking. It was trying to create a sort of world-beating investment banking division, yeah. and um, uh, you know, it looks like it's beginning to give up the fight there. That's probably a good thing because there's been a lot of trouble that has emerged from that um, effort to create a big, uh, you know, fast-moving investment bank. Um, uh, if it focuses more on consumers and on, you know, financing German corporates, that might uh, be appealing. Um, uh, and um, uh, it could be that this kind of course correction would be something that could save the bank. Um, uh, it's interesting to think about who it would merge with. Um, there's a, a couple other smaller German banks that maybe maybe Germans trust more. But um, I sort of wonder if it's going to be able to downsize and wait this out. And certainly the current chief executive uh, is talking consistently about making Deutsche smaller um, and slightly less profitable. And so maybe um, maybe if he's allowed to um, perform, you know, to do this mission of changing what Deutsche is about um, and sort of shrinking the bank, maybe that's a way forward for Deutsche. Well, Bill, take us through this process now, because uh, as been mentioned, uh, this is really coming back to the Panama Papers from a couple of years ago. And I guess, obviously, you're talking about quite a level of investigation over the last two to three years to be able to get to this point where you did have all that 180 or so uh, federal officials in Germany going to all these different branches. Yeah, and so I agree absolutely. Uh, the The problem is it is perceived as a national champion, the pr greater problem is that it's a national champion that loses every joust. And the greater problem is that it's revealed to have cheated every time it got into a joust uh, and still loses. Uh, so, you know, it's a really pathetic, embarrassing national uh, champion uh, in that regard. And so uh, the Panama Papers role, and we probably, we've never really explained it in this uh, there's an international consortium of investigative journalists, and their first big hit was uh, actually bigger. Uh, it's Luxembourg, and uh, we should have an entire program on that and yeah. how it provided the leadership of the EU, Juncker. 
uh, out of these obscene tax deals. And then their second big hit, <laughs> excuse me, was through a law firm based in Panama. Uh, and that's why it's called the Panama Papers, uh, where somebody leaked uh, their documents about uh, all of their both tax avoidance, but uh, more particularly uh, their tax fraud efforts. So first problem, uh, the investigative journalists were way ahead of the regulators and the enforcers, years ahead of them. The second big problem, um, this comes just weeks after the um, Danske Bank um, scandal involving Latvia, involving Russia, involving Deutsche Bank, right? right? Uh, and again, the numbers there, if you had simply followed the money, which is what we teach people to do, uh, you would have seen that the, the money flows through these teeny tiny uh, institutions in Latvia were off the charts. Indeed, they were so bad that even Deutsche Bank eventually refused to do business with them. And the third thing that people need to know coming down the pike is this is going to be a political football in the United States because the rot is not just in the investment bank, which was uh, back-to-front cheating, but it's also in private banking. And they've been doing private banking as opposed to regular banking with the, the Trump family. And so the, you know, as soon as the Democrats get control of the House, they're going to be investigative committees on Deutsche Bank. David? Uh, I think that's uh, likely to be true, though. I, I got to say, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, the Deutsche Bank relationships with the Trump was, you know, decades ago. Um, so we'll see if uh, there's, uh, there's uh, you know, so still some sort of ongoing uh, problem here. But, um, you know, it's worth noting that it, it, Deutsche also failed a U.S. stress test. Um, and so clearly American regulators are worried about, you know, basic questions about whether it's resilient enough to survive a, a shock to the system. I was trying to read the tea leaves and um, I was looking around for documentation. And I couldn't see anything. But... One possibility is that um, regulators are dealing with Deutsche Bank in a way that suggests that maybe maybe they're not talking to each other. I, I know this sounds like an indictment, and I don't necessarily mean it that way. Right. But they have they have all these problems with their basic um, safety and soundness um, and uh, anti money laundering controls, um, and they keep running into trouble on that. But the Panama Papers are over two years old, and, and so I sort of wonder if what's been going on here is that German regulators, uh, tax fraud, you know, the sort of tax police, have been working nine to five over the course of two years uh, for trying to uncover what exactly Deutsche was doing to facilitate tax evasion by German citizens and are now ready to step up that investigation and so then called for this big search because you just don't often see 170 cops show up at yeah. a bank, uh, you know, yeah. uh, branches all over this country and, and, you know, taking all the I mean, that's sort of like a mafia style, uh, you know. And it um, takes quite a bit of planning to put that together as well. It does. It does. <laughs> and so I wonder if the I mean, I, I'm sure the, the the basic banking regulators knew about it. But I wonder if this is sort of a, a tax investigation that's being piled on top of its other troubles, but kind of being run by a different part of the German government. That's a 
possibility anyway. 844 Wharton is the number if you would like to join in. 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, David Zaring from here at the Wharton School joining me in studio. Uh, Bill Black from the University of Missouri, Kansas City joining us on the phone. We're talking about the uh, the raids at uh, Deutsche Bank offices in Germany uh, yesterday. 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account which is at Dan Loney 21. Now, Bill, it seems like in the reporting, there are several employees uh, of Deutsche Bank that are being looked at, two specifically who I, I guess maybe are, are kind of the leads on this process. But I would imagine we may very well hear of other employees of Deutsche Bank that will be, uh, that will be brought in for a, a quite a bit of questioning here. Yeah, to amplify uh, what uh, you, you were just told, uh, which is quite correct, um, the German papers uh, suggest that that's exactly what's going on, uh, and with one added element. And the added element is that the, the police investigation have found continuing problems uh, after Deutsche Bank promised uh, that it would uh, it fixed everything. And in particular, that's why um, Majeris, uh she is in uh, the enforcement head, um, the compliance, basically. Uh, is uh, expected to be the first head to roll, uh, that they yeah. believe that her representations are uh, false. Now, again, we, we need to emphasize this is just press reporting. Uh, we don't actually know these to be facts, but that is the uh, press speculation in Germany in th- at least three of their major papers. How quickly do you think we'll see this, this all play out? Well, I've been I think one- you – oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I think you'll see uh, executives losing um, their offices quickly. The question is whether uh, the chairman of the board, he uh, was actually challenged at the last uh, meeting. And uh, the but the police response may take uh, years. These are very difficult cases if they actually prosecute. uh, Almost always Deutsche settles. David? Yeah, there's a lot of complicated forensic accounting issues here, and if um, if this is a tax investigation based on the, you know a leak of papers from two years ago, and they're only now getting around to um, you know conducting a raid of Deutsche's office, it could be some time before charges are finally filed. Uh, but I agree with Bill that uh, it looks like the um, compliance division keeps uh, running out of you know people at the top, and it looks like they're <laughs> yeah. about to lose another one. And uh, they just hired some guy in the UK, and uh, um, who knows how long he'll stick around. Uh, it's um, it's uh, likely that those those kinds of sort of resignations will happen. And it's also it's also the case that. Um, Deutsche doesn't get a lot of joy out of fighting these things to, uh, you know, civil verdict or a, or a criminal verdict or anything like that. So um, it'll probably settle. And then there will be a question of whether there's criminal prosecutions of executives, these two guys who are facilitating this money laundering, allegedly, um, or yeah. what. But it, it does, again, highlight, uh, Bill, the kind of the uh, the culture within this company, but also in others as well, as we continue to see uh, issues uh, with various companies uh, around the globe uh, in terms of, of illegal activity, but also uh, kind of the, the, the chain of command having probably a few missing links in it. Yeah, you can talk to a broad range of folks in a broad range of countries and... Uh, they uh, sound a similar note 
that uh, the culture of finance at really high levels um, has suffered greatly, and uh, part of it is institutional structures and incentives. Even some um, very conservative colleagues um, now think we really need to uh, make significant changes uh, because if you don't fix the culture, you have re- recurrent problems. David? I think this this issue of culture, trying to regulate the culture of a bank is really interesting. So, you know, the one question is, can you even do it? Can you create the right kind of compliant, law-abiding culture in sure. a bank, and how do you do it? Uh, but secondly, um, it's something that definitely a bunch of different regulators all over the world have really given a shot to doing. So after the financial crisis, the Dutch really emphasized um, an effort to change the culture uh, in Dutch banking to make it more sort of client-focused rather than bank-focused and, and you know, more put the client first, less selfish, what's my bonus going to look like? And every Dutch banker had to sign an oath um, uh, uh, also thinking about not just the client but also the interest of the, the country, sort of uh, this idea that banking has a public service and a public function. And in the United States, they've also, um, the former head of the New York Fed uh, said that creating a sort of culture of compliance in banking was one of his, you know, two top priorities uh, as um, the head of the New York Fed. And as he's left, uh, the new guy came in and said he's going to keep focusing on culture and we'll see if he does. Um, But uh, it's... It's one way that you know exasperated regulators. They think, "Well, geez, we put all these uh, we put all these uh, uh, rules in place, and we can't get you to follow them." So what we need to do is uh, create that that tone at the top that Bill was talking about, um, uh, and really um, get uh, everybody in the bank to um, approach uh, rule and law abidance the same way. And um, you know, uh, it looks like uh, Deutsche is ripe for uh, cultural change, and it's not clear whether the German regulators have figured out a way to do it. But it's amazing to me that you do see, David, so many instances of the penalty being a monetary one yeah. for an institution that obviously is in the finance world and is doing very well in the finance world. And in many cases, it may be a couple of hundred million dollars that the fine is, but in the overall scope of things, that to degree is at times almost a write-off for the bank. Yeah, you can uh, definitely pass those costs along to customers, and uh, you know how do they feel about uh, paying your bank fines for you? Um, you do wonder about that. Uh, it, it's uh, it is worth saying that uh, Deutsche pays a ton of fines and is not that profitable. So maybe uh, maybe all those penalties are making a difference to the bottom line in a way that would make shareholders unhappy and, uh, you know, persuade them to get on board the sort of culture transformation train. But I don't know. Is is there a concern at this point with all of these fines and, as you mentioned, the profitability being an issue, uh, of there being a significant concern of the long-term viability of Deutsche Bank? I think so. Um, uh, I'd be interested to hear what uh, Bill has to say about this. But there was a time recently when... Um, their market cap was about the same. This was two or three years ago as a prospective fine they were facing at, uh, at looking at paying the federal. So, in other words, they'd have wow. to give yeah. all their equity 
uh, would have to be sort of pledged to meet their financial penalty obligations, which just sounds crazy. Um, uh, I don't even know what to make of it. Um, so uh, that there, um, and and things haven't gotten any easier, does suggest that there's some way at which um, this this bank could could face a world in which it gets sort of penalized out of existence. Bill, is there a concern that you have of the future of Deutsche Bank? Yeah, that it will continue. Well, that yeah, but but I mean that that maybe that it will not exist in a few years. Well, that would be excellent. That in the econ biz we call that creative destruction, and yeah. there's no more creative destruction than taking a pervasively fraudulent place uh, and having it commit uh, you know commit suicide rather than being bailed out uh, yeah. each time that it comes near. Well, let me um, amplify again. Uh, just build on the excellent uh, points that have been made. Uh, in all of this. Uh, so first, it isn't just the problem that it's a fine as opposed to a prosecution. It's a fine of the bank, not a fine of the officers that right. actually uh, did it and got enriched uh, by it um, in the overwhelming cases. Uh, Deutsche actually has had a fairly recent conviction of a traitor. Um, the second thing is um, the United States enforcement authorities are clearly much more willing to do this, to take um, significant fines or impose significant fines against foreign banks uh, compared to U.S. banks. Uh, the third thing is almost always when they announce, these settlements are announced, the stock price increases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the fourth thing is we never do the inverse, all right? So the statement is the critical function of the CEO chairman of the board is to set the tone at the top. We never then say, wait a minute, the tone at the top, uh, the culture is pervasively corrupt. Guess what the tone at the top must be? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so Deutsche Bank's tone at the top must have been ridiculing of actual compliance. So then you or are at least a decade. So then you are are are, are someone that when you hear this theory uh, and this came up when with all the stuff with Wells Fargo occurred, uh, that you know you're not really necessarily able to connect all the dots to see who knew what and when and where. You're a more of a believer of yes. At some point, the, these are things that are that were known by the highest leadership in this case of Deutsche Bank. Well, I'm someone that actually did the investigations, yeah. right? And that yeah. we did get over a thousand felony convictions of the most elite perpetrators in the savings and loan debacle, and we did that yeah. by you know years of incredibly hard work. But our mantra in white collar criminology is: if you don't look, you don't find. Yeah, yeah. Great having you with us today, Bill. Thank you as always. Thank you. Thank you, David. Great seeing you again. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. David Zaring from here at the Wharton School. Uh, Bill Black, Associate Professor of Economics and Law at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.